Hi, welcome to the One Thing Podcast, where we all get to practice dancing with the one thing that in all of recorded human history, individuals, communities, and countries have yet to try. And in today's podcast, we're talking about sacred responsibility, self-responsibility, and social responsibility. And we're together here with David. I'm Lori. And David, why don't you start us off with those three sacred or three responsibilities? Sure. Yeah, this is part of our principles and beliefs that are central to our understanding of the one thing, as you said. And uh, so for me, what what sacred responsibility is, is that I am remaining mindful of the fact that I am part of something larger than me. I am not the author of the universe. I am sacredly responsible to higher wisdom, to caring for the collective that I am a part of as part of an expression of higher wisdom. So for me, the, the sacred responsibility dimension is about my responsibility to something higher and larger than me on a spiritual plane. The self-responsibility piece for me is, or do you want to do you want to do your definition? No, no, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Uh, and the self-responsibility piece for me is that I am responsible for what I pay attention to out of all that's going on. I'm responsible for the stories I make up about how I make sense of what I'm paying attention to. So the interpretations I make of what I'm paying attention to. I tell myself in me and I'm responsible for the words and choices and actions that I make and do as a result of the feelings I have about the stories I tell myself about the parts of the whole that I'm paying attention to. For me, that is the psychological essence of self-responsibility. And then social responsibility for me is that I am not an island unto myself. I am part of many collectives. I'm part of a collective that at the micro level starts with you and me you know, us as a couple mm-hmm. uh, and our families and our loved ones and our the communities, the different groups and communities that, that we're a part of uh, and our, uh, our city and our state and our country and, uh, and responsible to humanity and responsible to the planet. So I, I view social responsibility in a nested kind of way where my responsibility is to multiple collectives inside uh, a uh, a Russian or Ukrainian nested doll. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. I was seeing concentric circles of rippling effect from your center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. How do you define these three responsibilities? Yeah. Well, I I think that. The one thing, I I tend to see life as a tapestry. So the one thing, and this isn't the one thing, one thing, but the one thing that's common to these social, to these responsibilities is uh, a, a, a 
a thread that is reverence for all life and how that weaves together kind of like your nesting dolls where on a, on a sacred level, um, I, I am honoring life because everything is a, a, an extension of the one thing as life. And so it could be a tree, it could be an ant, it could be a, a pet, it could be uh, you know, the grocery store clerk, it could be a person in office politically, all of that. Um, and one might be thinking, well, how do you do that if you don't agree? Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, and, and so I am devoted, now I'm not always successful, but it's getting better with every passing you know, month and year, to being in alignment with uh, this higher wisdom, this I am presence, this source of all life, this creative life force, because that informs me and that helps me and guides me. So as a self-responsible person, I'm checking in constantly. Do my thoughts, words, feelings, and actions align with and feel um, clean? And do I feel free versus tight and all kind of tangled up energetically, which is a feeling, you know, I think a lot of us know, some people call that anxiety. Um, and also to take responsibility for the charges or triggers I have for what I see happening in the external world. If I don't have a charge, it's, I, there's nothing really to tend. I'm just observing. If I have a charge, then there's something for me to tend and, and bring to the feet of healing, so to speak. Um, and then in terms of the social piece, that, you know, if I'm tending my inner self, I'm tending my relationship with you, I'm tending, like you said, that, you know, kind of that concentric circle thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm ensuring to the best of my ability that my thoughts, words, actions, and feelings are in reverence for life, then I feel like that is, is a, um, you know, is a gift to the social responsibility part, or at least it's a, it's in, uh, in right um, harmony with the social responsibility part. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think that one of the ways that it's easy to kind of go sideways with the responsibility piece is to attend to one of these levels or layers or aspects of responsibility at the exclusion of the others. So it's uh, I've known people uh, and, and I at times have been so focused on self-responsibility that I have neglected uh, sacred responsibility or social responsibility. Uh, you know, the people who say, well, uh, the only thing that's important is that I'm responsible for myself. The, the shadow side of that is if you have a problem with me, that's your problem. Mm -hmm. So there's a kind of uh, the shadow expression of self-responsibility is, is a kind of narcissism. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just doing my thing. I'm being responsible for me. And I, I have no responsibility for the impacts that my choices have on others, whether intended or unintended. Right. Yeah, you're really good about that conversation. And on the other hand, if someone is really devoted to social responsibility at the expense of themselves and their own cup is empty way more of the time than not, then that's another, you know, shadow aspect of sort of hiding in being a good person, being, you know, devoted or, or, or in service of, of life or social in that social way, but, but not taking care of themselves. I mean, I think every spiritual tradition points to, if you peel back all the layers of 
dogma and doctrine, <laughs> you know, they all, it all points to keep your own cup full, but not from the narcissistic place, but so that there's something to give from. Yes, I totally agree. And what you're talking about right now is exactly one of the biggest traps for me in my life is that kind of self-neglect trap because uh, I'm I'm on I'm uh, I'm passionate about making a difference in the world and uh, and if uh, when I'm not mindful I will come last and that's delusional just as you say the the delusion being that I can really give my best and be the most socially positively impactful when I'm when I myself have an empty cup that's that's just delusional thinking on my part and having than in the present, I, I feel susceptible at any given moment. Right. And that's where the one thing, the, the, the connection to the source of life or the presence of life or the creative life uh, force or however one wants to word that, that was in our first episode, just find the definition or the address that works for you as, in, in terms of how you feel it from the inside and you connect to it on the outside. When we are in, in a relationship, when we're cultivating that connection on a regular basis, and I don't just mean, you know, three hours a week when we do yoga, I mean, from the moment we wake up till the moment we go to bed, at least as bookends, and then as many moments in between as we possibly can um, tend to. And, and of course, the mind is going to be thinking, oh, well, I guess that's just ridiculous. I'll never get anything done. But that's actually a, a bit of a... Um, a trap, it, you know, the, the real truth, and I've, I've discovered this over the last years, my own self is that actually, when I do tend to that, I, I'm actually more productive, and more productive in ways that are more impactful and meaningful in a day's time. So, you know, try not to get hoodwinked into thinking that there's just not enough time to, to devote to this connection, because the truth is, there's no more time to not be, be in cultivation of this connection. Right. And I think it's equally important to have that kind of distant early warning system, as it were, uh, the, the, to know, for each of us to know our own particular cues that are alerting us that we've moved out of responsibility at whatever level, sacred responsibility or self-responsibility or social responsibility. And we might want to go down a list of some of the symptoms of being uh, out of a state of responsibility with our viewers and listeners holding in mind that we're giving examples and that what those are are going to be varying for each of us. But yeah, let's I mean, there, some that's of the a long list. I think that, you know, the first thing to tend to is to just know the feeling inside of oneself when that, that, that peaceful, connected, in the flow feeling and honestly everything else that isn't that is is the list <laughs> that's true yeah that that's that's the one thing to pay attention to about the one thing <laughs> <laughs> exactly and you know a lot of people will say oh it's not so black and white people say oh you're either all the way connected or you're disconnected or, or you have your head in the sand about the world happenings or you're you know glued to your tv and watching all everything come down the pike the minute it happens and there's a place in between and personally i've, I've been asked this question before the way i navigate that is if i can hold my center if i can stay in a peaceful place then i can keep watching the news 
for example, using this as an example. But if I start getting all riled up and I, you know, even want to throw things at the TV or, you know, the, the computer screen, then that, that's a pretty good cue. <laughs> I'm, I have left myself and I am no longer in relationship with the one thing that could, that would guide me through my next moments regarding that issue in the first place. Right. Uh, this is such an important distinction because a lot of people in my world are very focused on uh, on making things right in the world, and they so many people I've I've talked to and I've assisted over the decades have held on to a belief until I started challenging it in them that they couldn't do good in the world without having an emotional charge about things that need to be changed. The good and is under the emotional charge. Exactly. The yeah. emotional charge is telling me that I am getting taken in by my own unfinished business. And if I am trying to, to create positive outward change from an emotionally charged inward state, the quality of my collaboration, the quality of my problem solving, the problem, the quality of my thinking, the quality of my ability to have positive impact is actually impaired, not enhanced. Exactly. And, and in some cases, it even adds fuel to the fire. Yes. There is a charge about the thing and then our charge is getting ramped up and then we're trying to do something that feels good to counterbalance the charge. But what's getting put into the pool of consciousness, so to speak, is more of the same energy. And right. yeah. So. I'll, meet your, I'll meet your emotional charge with my being emotionally charged over your emotional charge. Exactly. And <laughs> how do we know this is the case? Because it's been happening for thousands of years. You know, this is it's nothing it's, new. <laughs> it's nothing new. And this is why David and I, you know, decided to do this podcast. Because if we do, if we are unwilling to consider the one thing then we're just going to keep going on the hamster's wheel with just a new century and then the next new century. But it's the same, it's the same situation that we find ourselves in as human beings. Yeah. So it's important then for people to be on the lookout for things like blame, projection, judgment, emotional charge, also self-neglect and also acting like a doormat, like, well, I don't, I don't, you know, whatever you want is fine with me. Yeah, uh, yeah. And all of those, all of those things are clues that we've left a state of responsibility. Exactly. And thank you for saying those things on the list. I know I kind of glossed over it before. There is no shortage of blame, projections, and judgment in our world today. <laughs> and while a human mind will say, well, yeah, but there is exquisite justification for this projection, this blame, or this judgment. And while that may be true at some level, it isn't the whole truth. It isn't the larger uh, version of truth. And this is what we're asking our listeners to be willing to consider that there's this broader scope of, of 
trueness. <laughs> I don't know if that's really one way to say it, but um, because there is, and how do I know? Because I keep touching into it when I when I give up my blame, when I bring my projections to the feet of of love for healing, or you know, a, a judgment which is constant, and I'm and I'm always working on that. But uh, what I found, and I, I imagine this is true for you too, David, is that underneath that is this. I don't know how to describe it. It's sort of like this peaceful pool of centeredness. Some people call it the zero point, uh, what do they call it? The zero point um, activity, zero point activity is like there's a stillness and an, and an activity, but the activity is, is right activity based on this connection moving through us as the physical instrument and into the world. And, and judgment doesn't give forth that and nor does projections or blame. And how do we know? Because we've been watching this on the, on the, <laughs> the screen of life for at least our lifetimes and, and, and earlier. So um, why not try the one thing that humanity has yet to try? <laughs> Exactly. I, exactly. I mean, we're, most of us are really good at blame, projection, and judgment. And even when we're right, it falls in the category, you've heard me say, ad nauseum, true but not useful. Right. It's exactly. not useful. <laughs> and, and really, it's our lower human ego mind that is really, really wanting to be right. It, and, it, and it isn't untrue that the, that part of the human mind is not wrong per se but it also isn't helpful or useful or in service of co-creating a reality or, or greater possibilities that that we do have access to as a collective called humanity but we don't reach for yeah absolutely so what do you want to say about weaving the three r's to lead up to the takeaway we want to leave people with well, I think I would say um, just having a, a conscious awareness of of the fact. I mean, in 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 essence, it's it's one big dedication to responsibility. But we've broken it down into these three little sections so that it it can be more bite sized pieces. But honestly, it, once it's kind of like the thing where you you pat your head for one day and then you chew for one day and then you pat your belly for one day and then you walk. Yeah. Uh, and then you try to put it all together. So that's our offering, you know, is that you just play with it in whatever way that feels that you can weave the three together. You know, okay, this is what it means for me to be self-responsible today. This is what it means for me to be in alignment with my sacred responsibility. And this is what it means for me to be, you know, in alignment with my social responsibility. And if you need six weeks for each of them, take it. You know, it doesn't, the timing is irrelevant. The fact that you own it is what is relevant. You have to own each of them in order to move forward with them in your life, breath by breath, choice by choice. Oh, it's a lifetime worth of, yeah, of refinement and practice. <laughs> right. For right. sure. But in terms of the getting uh, started. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have we have three types of takeaways for people. You want, to you want me to do the first? Yeah, sure. Sure. So the first thing we want to invite you to play with is for first for the next three days, observe the symptoms of you being unintentionally out of 
responsibility in one or more of those ways, out of sacred responsibility and or self-responsibility and or social responsibility. Observe when you're in a state of blame or projection or judgment and do that with as little self-criticism as you possibly can because your inner critic has no place in this experiment. Your inner critic is not going to empower you to gain the gold from uh, from this invitation to play without recognizing, oh yes, this is human. It's human to have these moments of blaming and judgmentalism and projection and, uh, and emotional charges or self-neglect or being a doormat. It's human to have those moments. We can't shift gears if we don't know that there's a gear to shift out of. So the first three days are invitation to play is for you to devote those first three days to just observing when you're out of responsibility without without judgment just going oh right yeah that that was another one of those moments right perfect and, and that leads to the second yeah and just can i just say one more thing about the criticism it, it's a rabbit hole to be in judgment of ourselves about what we're observing and that rabbit hole dumps us into a tar pit or a, a, a thing of quicksand where we're just it's everywhere and we can hardly move and get out. And so just don't let yourself go down the rabbit hole. I mean, I, sometimes I'll just say to myself, my mind that wants to be critical of the thing I'm observing that is off. <laughs> I'll just say, listen, sweetie. And I do, I, I, I used to be a little less nice, but now I realize that it wasn't very, didn't get me very far. So I'm just like, hey, we're just doing this fun experiment for three days. You can come along with me or not, but, we're not gonna be critical of this, we're in observation mode. And let me add, because you said don't go down the rabbit hole, which is great advice, and that's the thing that we want people to attempt to avoid. Mm -hmm. If you go down the rabbit hole, just observe, oh, I went down the rabbit hole and <laughs> come back out again. Right, we're not gonna be perfect, but if we can avoid going down the rabbit hole 80% more than we're doing now, then that's pretty good, you know, or even half, 50%. And yeah. if we can pull out of the rabbit hole 80% sooner than we used to, exactly. that's good too. Exactly, so three days of observation without criticism, and then the next three days, the invitation is to consciously practice elevating yourself and your sacred self into an aligned in a, in an aligned way so you're you're reaching for that higher sacred sourced uh presence that higher um self that you are and you're inviting it so it's a two thing it's a two-way thing like you're lifting yourself up to that energy because it as far as i understand exists above us and then that energy because of our request we're on a planet of free will so we must extend the wish for this this connection to to be so and then that higher self meets us by by dropping its its energy into us and this is how we become an instrument in a physical form so we the invitation is to just play with that in whatever way and honestly if you don't even know how to start just put your hand to your heart and say hey i want to have a connection with you but i'm not really sure can you just show me how and then be a, 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 you know open and receptive to whatever it is you learn i mean three days is a very short period of time you're just opening the door right you're just playing yes yeah I mean, you're reminding me of my favorite four-letter word help <laughs> right 
Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I've never, ever not been um, given guidance when I ask for help. I might close off the guidance because my mind is all churny, churny, but that's not any fault of any, you know, higher guidance. It's, it's my own fault for being so obstinately um, mentally churned up, (laughs) let's say. And just because I don't, I don't recognize the guidance in this here and now moment doesn't mean that it's not there. It means I just haven't, haven't recognized it yet. I haven't. And this is the value of meditation. People think meditation is to make our minds stop, but meditation is to cause this connection. Meditation is to get still enough that we can actually feel or hear or receive the guidance in a way that feels um, real to us. It's different for each of us. Entering silence is the first step. Then allowing that higher guidance to come in to that silence is the next step. And and try to know that silence, you don't just say, okay, silence, and then it is so. I mean, <laughs> it's like coming back to the silence pool, coming back to the silence pool. And some days that's incessant. Mm-hmm. Some meditation pockets, that's incessant. Other yes, people who say, I can't meditate because that's what they're doing. They don't realize they are meditating. Exactly. The work is uh, to come back. The third set of three days, if you're inclined, is to spend three days integrating all three R's, all three responsibilities, regularly through the course of the day. It's not a one and done kind of thing. In each given moment, asking yourself, is what I'm thinking, feeling, doing, choosing now, is it from a state of sacred responsibility? Is it expressing self-responsibility? Is it embodying social responsibility? Am I living at the intersection of all three responsibilities? That's that's kind of the daily moment-to-moment practice. That's yeah, optional. It, the third set. And of if three. it doesn't feel like it, it's happening that way, that's the moment when you say, "Show me." Yeah. You know, hand to heart. Yeah. Help. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to wrap up our time together here, and. Um, What we would like for you to know is that the next time we come together for the one thing, we're going to talk about how human beings use noble ways, noble ways to hide from being in connection with the one thing. So we have a lot of hiding strategies that we've created over over the years, over the eons of being human. Some of them, some of considerations are the way we believe, some cultural programming, good heartedness. Um, You know, we even use our spirituality to hide and even good virtues that are seemingly, well, what's wrong with that? That's so good. But then we find out that there's a shadow in there that is a hiding spot. So we're um, we're going to just have an open conversation about what does that look like? What does it mean? And what are some considerations about that? Indeed. Looking forward uh, to that with you. And so ready to sign for me to sign us off? Yeah. All right. Well, then, until next time, remember to dance with your better half. <laughs> <laughs>